The Church Media Podcast, episode number 20, Juggling Traditional and Contemporary Services with Trevor Miller. Let's do it. Hey there. Welcome to the Church Media Podcast. The definitive podcast for creating dynamic experiences and building solid production teams at your church. Video, audio, lighting, stage design, volunteer culture, and more. You can find the show notes for this episode at 1230media.com slash podcast. And now, broadcasting from the heart of the South, here's your host, Church Media Coach Carl Barnhill. Welcome to episode number 20 of the Church Media Podcast. I'm Carl Barnhill, your host. This is the definitive podcast for helping you create dynamic experiences and build solid media production teams at your church. You'll find everything you need to know about this episode, get the show notes and more at 1230media.com forward slash podcast. In this episode, I welcome a special guest to the studio, my buddy Trevor Miller, Trevor is a graduate of Columbia International University, where he crammed four years of study into seven. Isn't that right? That's right, I think. (laughs) Pretty much a doctor. Now, he has a degree in youth ministry, outdoor leadership, and Bible. He's worked in student ministry and currently serves as director of worship production for Mount Horeb United Methodist Church, a trend-setting church in the Methodist denomination. I've had the honor of hanging out with their worship and production teams, and Trevor leads them with grit with passion. You like that? That's yeah, that's good. That's a good word. Ladies and gentlemen, Trevor Miller. Hey, how's it going? Good to see you, Carl. <laughs> hey, man, glad you're here. Thank you, man. Really am. All right, in this episode, I want to chat about how you guys juggle both traditional and contemporary services. You guys do both. Yeah. We'll get into that. Uh, I mainly just want to gather information from you yeah. um, so that uh, churches can learn from you guys and kind of implement what you guys do. Uh, there are quite a few churches that only have one style of service and are thinking about adding additional options. Mostly a lot of traditional churches are learning how to add a contemporary style worship setting, possibly. But you guys are seeing a lot of success doing both, and I want people to learn from success stories like you guys on how to do it right. So, All right, so let's start with how your staff and volunteer teams are structured. Uh, What does the org chart on staff look like? Give me a picture of that. Well, first, um, our church is over 100 years old, so we're, we're a very old Methodist church here in Lexington. And um, it really wasn't until about 20 years ago that there was any kind of thought of any kind of contemporary service coming into the mix. So for, you know, 80 plus years, the only service style we had at all was, was traditional. And so when our current pastor came 20 years ago, um, that's when kind of the, the, the contemporary setting began to become something a part of the church. So at this point in time, we've grown to the point where we're about 50-50 in worship on a weekend, traditional and contemporary. Um, when I first came to the church, that wasn't the case. I would say it was more like 70, 30, you know, traditional still. Um, so the production director position that I'm in right now has only existed for a year. So this is like, it's a very, very new culture shift for us to really move into um, having kind of a, a more streamlined staff and uh, specifically looking towards having a production staff. So the way the, the way it's organized right now, and this is very fresh, the way this organization organization has happened probably three months ago, we've put this into place, but um, I'm the worship production director. And so my main job, and we may come back to this here in a few segments, but um, my main job is basically to juggle between the creative team, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit, and then the pastoral leadership team. Okay, so, so you I go between, between the two. Between yep. the, and so the you. goal is really, and it's it doesn't sound like a great job description, but it's to keep both those sides happy yeah. and to be able to facilitate both sides of those. And so sometimes I feel like a pinball, but a lot of times there is really good synergy between the two things. So we have uh, the worship production director kind of at, at the top um, of, the, of the production kind of hierarchy. 
Um, I have an assistant that helps me um, with production itself. She's a production assistant. Uh, then we also have a part-time video person who does strictly video for us with a little bit of photography and things when, when we're a little slow on video. And she's part-time. Um, we have a full-time person who's a tech person, you know, over all of our lighting and, and sound stuff for the weekend. But at the same time, he does all my graphic and video stuff that's worship-specific, so weekend-only kind of stuff. And then we have a part-time guy who does graphic design that is more client-based and does all the client-based design stuff, meaning program-specific things. So gotcha. youth ministry, children's ministry, he's, he's handling those things specifically. And then we have a very part-time 10-hour-a-week intern who's a local college student who can, is a, can do about a little bit of everything. So give me an idea of what you guys see on a weekend. So I want churches to know, yeah. um, okay, we're this size church, so yeah. we should probably be around this number of staff members. Sure. So give me an idea how many you guys have on a weekend. Well, um, we, we worship about 1,500, 1,600 on the weekend, and that's, that's all the services combined, which there are four of them, a Saturday night service, which is at 545, an 8 o'clock traditional, a 910 traditional, and a 1040, uh, sorry, a 910 contemporary and a 1040 traditional. So you guys flop back and forth, contemporary, yes. traditional, contemporary, yes. traditional. Um, this is not the ideal. I want to say to everyone who's listening, don't do this. But we basically <laughs> have a 10-minute um, time slot, 15-minute at the best, switch over between services. Um, the service itself, um, as far as preaching, is the exact same service. Worship, completely different. Um, and the stage design is completely different. We have two big rolling, four-by-eight rolling frames that come out that, that are lit, uh, that have different designs, kind of all them based upon the series, and two big trusses that, we've, that we bring out at the same time as well. We have a team that kind of puts all of th those things in places and rolls them off between services. Gotcha. So uh, let me go back for a minute, and then we'll dive back in. So Methodist Denomination is a um, contemporary service, uh, a rare uh, occasion in the Methodist denomination, or do you see those more often than not? What's your, um, do people see you as a rare situation in your denomination? Kind of paint me a yeah, picture of that. Um, I mean, I think, I think Mount Horp, specifically in South, South Carolina Methodism, um, we're a bit of an anomaly. Um, you know, honestly, across the country, Methodist churches are on the decline, um, which is, which to me is a very sad thing because I'm a Methodist for a reason, you know? And um, so I believe in the Methodist church, but I think there's some things that have happened, you know, culturally, some shift, major shifts in the past 20, 30 years that a lot of Methodist churches have not got on. And one of those is contemporary worship. So um, Mount Horb has, has done that uh, shift and has done it really well. And what our pastor has done, I think that's been the best thing that could possibly have happened is he has decided to give equal energy, uh, equal time, uh, even equal staff, you know, to both of those services to try to make them the best they possibly can be. They really do exist apart from each other within within the church, even though they're 10, 15 minutes apart from one another. But we try as hard as we can to give energy to both those things. So there are other churches in South Carolina that I know about who are doing contemporary worship, and some of them are doing it very well. But honestly, without without a pastor really wanting to give emphasis to that contemporary service, all it's going to be is kind of a bootleg you know, contemporary service that— um, we'll draw a few because it's not traditional, um, but besides that, it won't really have a whole lot of growth to it. Mm, that's so good. All right, so you guys have, you mentioned this, you guys have a Saturday night service. Yeah. Tell me how you guys set up for both types of services, maybe during the week, and how do you guys prepare for both types? Sure. Um, this is also very new, um, but essentially we have a kind of a time schedule that we, try, we have to hit each week to be prepared for all this because it is a lot of switchover. So we do a walkthrough with our traditional team on Wednesday. So Wednesday about 45-minute walkthrough, make sure all the lyrics and per presenter are correct. Um, microphones, we know where they need to be set up on Sunday. Uh, monitors, if there's Who's a track. Who's involved in that walkthrough? Um, 
myself. So the the the, the production director is there. Um, the assistant, uh, uh, my assistant is there. Our tech guy is there, who does both both style services, and then our traditional worship leader is there. So um, to make sure everybody's on the same page, so we run four off of, staff guys. Yes. Do you ever include uh, volunteers that can make it? Um, we don't at this time. It'd be an awesome thing to be able to do in the future. Hmm. All right. So uh, same service flow for each. Uh, you were talking about, uh, but um, completely different elements. Or, or kind of walk me through the creative process. How do you brainstorm sure. and plan for both types of services? Sure. So just taking one step back. So we do this walkthrough on Wednesdays for traditional, Wednesday afternoon to make sure they're good to go for the weekend. On Thursday, then we do a walkthrough with contemporary uh, teams to make sure they're good to go. Basically, it's our two contemporary worship leaders along with the same people that were there the previous day minus the traditional person. Um, we run off a planning center, so everybody is is hopefully as clear as possible. And on you what's have supposed two different plans: a traditional plan, contemporary plan. We actually have plan? four. Oh wow! Um, Tell me about that. Yeah, because uh, we, our Saturday night service is a little bit more free flow. So there's oh. even though there's there's a contemporary and traditional element, really there's still four distinct uh, services. This wow. is not the ideal, and I don't encourage this. This is something that we're doing right now. Um, as we await a new building that is going to kind of alleviate a lot of this pressure we have right now, because all of it happens in the same room. So um, we have four different planning centers uh, to be really clear for people, and um, we go over each one of those, you know, throughout the throughout the week to make sure. We're so, prepared. what's different between contemporary service A and contemporary service B? Um, usually, just time frames. So um, we have we have more time margin on Saturday than we do at nine ten on Sunday morning. So occasionally there might be more time the pastor has uh, to preach, say, okay. or um, maybe another couple choruses on a song or. We just don't we just don't feel as much pressure on Saturday as we do at nine ten for parking lot reasons. All right, so how about traditional? What's the what's the difference between traditional A and traditional B having both plans? The eight o'clock traditional service is actually ten minutes shorter than the um, the ten forty. So what do you cut? Traditional, um, usually a special music of some kind, and then um, usually a, a, a verse or two off of a closing hymn, something like that. Wow. We try to keep it as streamlined as possible. Um, and again, this will probably change in the near future, but this has been kind of one of those things where it's the way it's been for a very long time. And so it's been kind of, you know, two degree turns for, for us as a production team to try to right. get to where we want to get to. All right. So tell me about your volunteers. Same crew yeah. for all four. Uh, what are your team positions? Who operates what throughout the weekend? Give sure. me a picture of your volunteers. Um, the volunteer needs we have on the weekend at this moment um, are basically a sound tech. So we have a sound tech every weekend. Um, we have a pro presenter, someone who runs pro presenter each weekend. We have someone who runs lights and planning center live um, at the same time on the weekend. We have a producer who's in the booth making sure all three of those people do their jobs correctly. And then we have a floater who's on the floor um, via walkie-talkie to our producer to just handle anything that happens on the stage, uh, move podiums, um, answer any questions, that kind of stuff. The same crew for all four? Same crew for all four at this point in time. And We're so about they're, to be juggling, but they're juggling four, four planning centers. Wow. Yeah, and, and so we really rely heavily on our producer. Um, so we, of course, try to make everyone very familiar with what's going on for the weekend, but we, we rely on our producer to make sure all those things happen the way they're supposed to happen. Um, but again, this is a temporary kind of thing. Is a producer a volunteer role or a staff role? Um, it's usually a staff role. I would say maybe, maybe, maybe once every two months we'll have, we've got a very talented individual right now for one of our volunteers that we do uh, want to grow into a, a producer role. So we're kind of like, you know, a little bit, Grimming, a little bit yeah. giving them. But um, this is, like I said, a, a temporary thing right now because we're about to make a major shift right now. We have probably 16 to 18 on our on our rotation of, of weekend volunteers for production. And again, this is very new to us. Um, 
the goal is to have 40 by next summer. So we're trying to grow this team really, really bad right now. And we're going to kind of split those teams into two starting in the next two months probably. You, uh, will you split them traditional contemporary? Yes, or? split them contemporary and traditional. So on the weekend, until we have our new building, on the weekend we'll basically have double the staff that we need. Um, but to begin to kind of feel what it feels like to prepare for two different rooms. So you've kind of touched on this some, but how do you prepare one volunteer team for two yeah. or even four <laughs> yeah. totally different types of services? Um, well, the, the biggest first line of defense for us is planning center. So we try to put as much information as possible into planning center. I think it's an underused tool that a lot of churches have, and they don't know how to use it. And if you were to do the research and finding out all the different tricks of that particular uh, program, it's amazing what it can do for, for staff. And so we try to put everything in there, you know, lighting cues um, for whoever's running lights, try to make it as specific as possible. Any, anything that the person running program presenter needs to know, we make it as specific as possible. And that way, too, the, the producer is very, very familiar. But the producer has also been through two meetings that week, one with contemporary, one with traditional. So they are very familiar with what happens on the weekend. And they're basically over the shoulder of every person that's doing um, media on the weekend. Is that a, Are they on calm talking through that? Are they tapping on shoulders? We would love to doing? have calm. And at this point in time, we don't in that room. Again, it's a traditional setting that we're in right now. And we've right. never had a clear calm system. And so we've, we've not purchased one. We rent them for big events right now. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I mean, a simple services that we're doing right now. Um, we have a walkie-talkie to talk to the floater on the floor. But other than that, we're in the booth uh, tapping on shoulders, just whispering to each other and you know, trying to do the best we can. Cool. All right, we're going to take a quick break. More with Trevor on the flip side. This is the Church Media Podcast. The show notes for this episode are available now at 1230media.com slash podcast. Seriously, check them out. They're awesome. I served the Roman Empire. I fought wars against those who did not believe in our gods. But nothing could prepare me for the truth that has now risen. He was very special. They're fanatics. What was his name? He was called Yeshua. The man's dead. His followers are in hiding. He's been a threat. Take control out there and finish things. The tomb is sealed. Guarded with your life. If this body vanishes, we have a potential messiah. Where has he gone? You tell me. You will track down the corpse of Yeshua. He's right here. Open your heart and see. Risen in theaters February 19th. I don't know what to believe anymore. Find out more at facebook.com forward slash risen movie. For affordable worship media, custom media, and more production training for your church, visit 1230media.com. Here's your host, Carl Barnhill. Welcome back. I'm talking with Trevor Miller from Mount Horeb United Methodist Church about how they juggle having traditional and contemporary style worship services. So let's dig into things that you think you're doing well and some things that you might do differently if you had to do it over, okay? So number one, uh, do you guys regret the decision to have both styles of worship? What do you think are the benefits to having both? Um, no, uh, short answer, no. Um, 
again, for us, it, it was kind of a something we grew into. Because again, for for the majority, vast majority of our church history, we've been traditional specific. You know, pews um, with with hymnals, you know, in front, um, you know, organ. I mean, the whole the whole nine yards. So when the contemporary peace began to kind of slip into the church at Mount Horeb, it was a very slow process and honestly a painful process. And so, um, but what we've seen, again, now that we're worshiping about 50-50, what we've seen is there are a lot of families who are coming into our church that we would probably ping as traditional folk that are actually very interested in a contemporary service. But at the same time, we're also seeing young families, you know, my family's age, that are coming to the church that we would ping as contemporary. So you can't, very you can't always peg it. No, not at all. And yeah. I think that's what's so, that's what I'm so passionate about as a production director, because a lot of people would ask me, and you know, my, my tendency, my lean is more contemporary, but... My passion is creativity. My passion is worship. My passion is people coming to know Jesus. And so um, for me, then the passion doesn't have a, a uh, traditional style. contemporary style to it. Yeah. It's, it is just uh, doing the very best job you can with whatever style it is. So for those who are looking for traditional service at Mount Horb, I believe we try our very best to put our very best traditional foot forward, our most creative traditional foot forward. And those who are looking contemporary, we try to do that the same. Do you think that it shows a mark of a mature artist to maybe lean one way, but realize the audience that they're after and and try to create based on that audience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it shows a sign of a missional artist. Yeah. You know, someone who's who's really interested in reaching people and not just interested in making really cool stuff, you know? Right. And, um, man, when or I come stuff across that people they like would that, just like. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, because, again, there are a lot of things that we've created in the past year and a half that are, you know, traditional specific that I, I sat back and I looked at and I was like, wow, that is, that's really good, you know? Yeah. It wouldn't be the thing that I would necessarily be drawn to, but I could see how it could accomplish the goals that we're wanting to accomplish, you know? So talk to me about uh, quality, and mm-hmm. you, you kind of yeah. hit on this in that, and I don't even know what I'm trying to ask yeah. here, but like, <laughs> yeah, like, it's not necessarily geared to a, a style or a piece of gear or whatever, but there needs to be quality in oh, both yeah. styles of service. Talk, oh, yeah. talk at that for a second. Um, you know, one of our one of our core values, and we'll come back to this in a little bit as a production team, is um, participation is excellence, but excellence in participation. And so our, our overall goal is to create things where people get to participate in worship. So the goal is not to try some new type of technology, or the goal is not to try to outdo something we've seen before. The goal is is this particular item that we're putting in the worship service going to help for, you know, facilitate participation in worship? But at the same time, as you just mentioned, we want excellence in participation. Whatever it is, we want it to be the very best thing that it can possibly be. And we've mm-hmm. gotten so much better in a lot of different areas that we've been working in. You know, namely, um, when making videos originally, any kind of video that we had in the service, we had really bad audio. The video looked great. Mm-hmm. The audio was terrible. And so we tried really hard recently on us to do a better job with equalizing audio and, and capturing it well and be able to handle it well. So we had both sides, visually and audio, you know, sounding really great for the weekend. Um, so to me, quality is, is what creates an element that really impacts people's lives, you know? You know, I feel that in our ministry as well at 1230 Media in that, um, you know, we are about creating, helping churches create experiences where people meet Jesus, yeah. where they take their next step with him. It's not a style. Right. We're about helping churches, traditional, contemporary, whatever, create those experiences where people meet Jesus. Sometimes that could land in traditional. Sometimes that could land in contemporary or whatever the style. But um, so I I I feel the same passion. I'd be interested, you know, to anybody who's listening to go to uh, Vimeo and search, you know, Mount Horeb UMC. 
And a lot of the videos you see on there are videos that we've used on both in both services mm. because we created something that that would really transcend the style. Both. Wow. But some things that are on there, you know, very clearly were intended for a certain service. And what we'll do is we may have this overall idea that we want to we want to communicate this kind of idea, but we can do it this way in contemporary and we can do it this way in traditional. And sometimes yeah. it bleeds both, but sometimes it doesn't. Wow, so interesting. And by the way, the, the link that Trevor just mentioned, I'll make sure to put it in the show notes for you guys, 1230media.com forward slash podcast, along with all the notes, that link will be there for you. Okay, so would you suggest doing both types of services for every church? Would you suggest every church needs to do it the way you guys do no. it? No, um, because not every church demographically is set up for that. Um, you know, we're in the South, you know, and so in the South, there is a a very, especially in the Southeast, there's a very large um, contemporary push in, this, in the Southeast right now. You know, there's some really great churches here in Charlotte and um, in Anderson, South Carolina, different places that are doing really great contemporary services. And I think it's pushing every other church to to see the value of this. In other places around the country that I've been to, there's there's not necessarily the draw for some of that. And so, I believe a lot of churches would probably waste a lot of energy and a lot of money trying to do it when maybe it's not necessarily the demographic. But secondly, um, a lot of churches try to do this. You know, maybe they're very traditional and they're trying to bring this contemporary piece in, but they're not. They're not staffing for it. They're not putting the energy and the money towards it, and the pastor doesn't really want it. And, and so, then they wonder why it doesn't work. Exactly, and it's it's a it's a bomb from the beginning, and it's it's bound to blow up. You know, and then what it does is it actually harms the church in the long run. So I think what the church has to do is one of two things. One, they've got to really take an honest, a real honest look around about where they are and and who they're catering to and what kind of people they're really uh, hitting from their community to help them decide what is the best thing to do. But then two, they've got to take an honest look. You know, to me, the biggest key is the pastor. What is the pastor really passionate about? And if he's really passionate about reaching people through contemporary and traditional both, then you can pull it off. If not, I would just do the very best job you can creatively, uh, traditionally, or creatively, contemporary and do the best job you can that way. Now, you touched on this earlier, but you guys are building a new uh, facility. How are you guys changing things up based on that new building? I mean, this is going to be a, a huge, huge shift. Um, we're basically doubling our square footage of our church right now with this new facility, and it's going to be a children's ministry space um, slash um, contemporary worship facility. So we right now have a traditional setting that seats about 900 when it's full, and um, we fill that up almost uh, during two of our services, one contemporary, one traditional service. Um, the new facility is going to seat around 1,600 uh, for a couple reasons. Um, one, we believe that our contemporary services will continue to grow, and we want to have space for that. But then two, we also do four times a year something called Concerts at Mount Horeb where we bring in big artists uh, for our community. And so it, having those seats go from 900 to 1,500 opens up a whole new world of artists who can come in. And so we're really looking forward to the facility. And as far as the changes, obviously we're going to have, to have two complete separate teams um, for our production in two completely separate rooms. Because you're splitting the, the services in, into two buildings? Correct. We'll basically run two simultaneous services. Uh, actually, four on a Sunday, probably. Um, but two of them will run simultaneous. Temporary so your different people will speak in the different services? You're seeing it's a bit up in not? the air at this point in time still, but I believe what will happen is we'll have two speakers on a weekend delivering the same message. Um, with intentionality based upon the environment and the people they're speaking to. Mm, interesting. All right, so if you had to set up your services the same way with the knowledge that you have now, is there anything that your church would do differently? Meaning we're in the same setting, same situation we're in right now, just what yep. we change? What would you do um, differently if you had to do it over again? I would have had a production director 120 years ago. 
Um, because to know, to know how to juggle both, or to have someone there to juggle both. Well, I think the biggest thing that we've struggled with is when, again, you've had a church do something a certain way for over a hundred years, and all of a sudden you introduce this production director who is supposed to have um, the leadership and the uh, trust to be able to craft these two things. It doesn't always happen that way, you know, because it's been happening in a certain way for so long. So if I could go back, I think it would have been great to have, you know, this kind of style happening for a long time so we could have just kind of flowed right into it. It's been honestly a bumpy road for about eight or nine months trying to figure out how to, um, with all the leadership styles and all the ways that it's been done for so long, to begin to introduce this production director. A lot of churches who start from the ground up and have a production director from, from the beginning, I mean, they know exactly how to function like this. Right. We're not necessarily, we're not necessarily there yet. So hmm, Interesting. All right, so are you spending more money on staff sets and other things with having two styles of worship? And do you think it's worth that money? Obviously, you have some staff that, that are on the traditional side and staff are contemporary. Yeah. The, as far as production staff, all of the production staff do both. Um, and so, again, it's all about casting that vision and to have passion for both those two styles of worship. Uh, we, have, we have separate staff for contemporary and, and traditional worship. Now, I would definitely spend the money on that because if you have someone, and I've seen churches try to do this, where they have someone who is a traditional kind of individual, but they have the ability to play guitar or the ability to play piano. Mm. And so they'll try to shove them into this contemporary mold. It just doesn't work. You've got to find people who are really passionate about those things and gifted in those two things separately, in my opinion, to be able to do worship intentionally in those two areas. So um, to me, the money spent on that is absolutely worth it. The money spent on the production team is absolutely worth it as well. And I don't, I, I wouldn't want it to be split, I think. I would want that production team to stay central because um, the creative minds that are there are the creative minds that I want. I want them to be missional about what they're doing, and I want them to have a passion to reach every individual, whether they're contemporary or the traditional. And it probably trains up those artists to be missional and, and try, and maybe it could be a challenge. Maybe the more traditional-leaning type guys need to stretch and try to reach that contemporary audience or vice versa. Correct? Yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, I believe it's I believe it's the best way to be the, the most whole person you can, you know, to be able to... to have a passion for both those things. Mm. As far as sets, at this point in time, um, our sets are basically used all four services. So whatever we create, we try to create it to where it can it can work for both. Yeah, work for both. And nothing else, we just we just roll out pieces to the side of the stage, and they're still seen, but they're not necessarily covering up a choir or anything like that. And then, um, as far as the two styles of worship and the money that's spent there, I mean, our pastor believes it's absolutely worth it because um, we're trying as hard as we can to reach people for Jesus Christ, and we're doing it through both venues. So. Do you guys ever have in the changeover, like, is that 10 minutes, like, massively stressful? Or do you guys plan that transition out? How does that turnover go? We try to plan it out as much as we possibly can. It's been a bit stressful recently to where we've made some changes, actually. We've had people, well-meaning people from the congregation who want to come up on the stage help us move stuff. And so we've had to kind of say, hey, listen, you know, let's give the band a few minutes to get their instruments off stage before we start moving stuff. So it's just kind of a well-choreographed dance. And the biggest part is we don't have a lot of room on the stage because of everything that's going on. And so we love the help, but the hard part is just we don't still have the space to, to make it happen. So um, we try to talk about it, you know, during our walkthroughs Wednesday and Thursday, make sure everybody's very aware of what's happening. And we critique every weekend to see how we did and how we can get better. So, All right, so give us some parting thoughts. Any, any last uh, parting words on how you guys juggle both types of services? No, I mean, I just think, um, again, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm passionate about seeing the church continue to grow, period. And to see the Methodist Church in a lot of areas in our country um, declining the, the way that it is, 
I believe part of the reason is because there are a lot of people who are not willing to try to do new things. You know, they're not willing to put the energy, the time, the money, the staffing into really trying to do something new and something fresh and something different. And so I would love to see churches begin to, you know, stretch the mold a little bit in some of these different areas and try something. If it doesn't work, then that, then so be it. But if it does, you may find a whole new segment of people that you've never reached before, you know, and, and you'd see the, the benefit of it. So um, as a production director too, I have this little mantra that I go by for everything that we do. Um, you know, every every production director probably in the country doesn't have enough money, you know, to, to do the things they want to do. Even in and, the mega um, churches. Absolutely, yeah. You know? I mean, it's just not there. And again, yeah. it comes back to what is what is seen as very very valuable, and a lot of times production is the is the bottom of the barrel as far as the pastor is concerned because everything else is very very important, and this they don't understand necessarily sometimes. So we as a production staff has always said, uh, if you don't ask, you don't get. You know, and so we've tried as hard as we can for all the things that we want to do. We just ask for it, and what we've found is God has been really gracious to us with people in our congregation who are willing to help, with our pastor being willing to 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 shift and and try new things. And so for anybody who's listening who is trying some of these things and feeling like it's, it's difficult, I would just say keep asking, keep asking, keep asking, keep trying. You know, eventually you'll break that mold. Very good. Hey, Trevor, thanks so much, man. It's been really insightful. Thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. Really thanks, appreciate man. it. Appreciate it. I want to thank you for joining me this week on the Church Media Podcast. We want to learn from guys like Trevor and each other how to create experiences, like we said, at our churches where people meet Jesus and take their next step with him not just in the Methodist denomination, everywhere, guys. We want to see people meet Jesus, take their next step with Him, and create experiences for that to happen. If you want more on this topic, I would love for you to check out the show notes for this episode. You can go to 1230media.com forward slash podcast, click on episode number 20, and get everything that you need there. Again, that address is 1230media.com forward slash podcast. I want to thank my producer for this episode, Audio Master, David Michael Hyde. David is a contemporary composer and music producer for film and digital media. You can find him online at davidmichaelhyde.com. Thanks again, guys, for joining me this week. Go out there and create some amazing experiences this weekend. I'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Church Media Podcast. Get the show notes for today's episode at 1230media.com slash podcast. And be sure to rate and review this podcast in iTunes. For more free church media resources, visit 1230media.com. We'll see you right here next week for another episode of the Church Media Podcast.